Welcome to the Step Up Your Business podcast. This is a weekly show brought to you by the Business Advisory Center Durham. In these episodes, we'll talk about everything to do with business, how to get started, how to grow your business, you'd meet some of our clients that we work with, and upcoming events that are going on in our region. We'd love you to join us every week and hopefully take away something that you can implement into your business. Even though we are in the Durham region, a lot of the business advice and information is applicable to all businesses. Thank you and stay tuned. So welcome, Corette, to our session today. Corette is a member of the Expert Network um, here at BACD and has been an HR professional for over 15 years, working with all kinds of different clients. I've probably known of Corette for about the last 10 years and uh, really happy to have you here as an expert on our network. Just to give people a little bit of an idea, some of the services that you work on are human resources policies and processes, health and safety programs, hiring, recruiting, and selecting, uh, performance management, and uh, compliance training sessions, which I think are really important in today's landscape. So, um, Welcome, Corinne. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm just going to have a nice conversation with you today. And um, just to get started, uh, many of you know BACD is a, a, an organization, a not-for-profit in the Durham region. We strive to be the go-to business resource for businesses and to help them get the skills, the knowledge, and the tools, and the connections that they need for their business success. So part of those connections are meeting with uh, experts like Corette. Corette, I'd love to just ask you a little bit about um, the services that you offer to start off. And I mean, it sounds easy on the, the get-go, but I'm sure there's a lot of information that goes into today's human resources policies and processes. And even for a one-person business, I would imagine that they need some of this content. Yeah, any organization, once they start hiring um, employees one plus, uh, really need to consider putting some of the basic uh, HR foundations into place. Um, you know, and it depends. And, and as you grow, there is more and more that you have to really consider. Uh, but right. mostly under, you know, when it comes to one employee, you are required under the minimum uh, requirements and statutes under the uh, ESA, the Employment Standards Act. Uh, a good example is just minimum wage, right? What is the minimum wage for the roles? And starting to follow some of those practices, termination practices, um, if you're going to have to make that decision to let somebody go, etc. So you don't have to be, and that's probably one of the mi biggest misconceptions that I come across. Yes. Is organizations think that, oh, I'm not 50 employees, or no, I'm not 300 employees. We only just have four employees. Um, but it doesn't matter. You still have requirements under the uh, ESA, as I stated, as well as under the Human Rights um, Commission and code. Uh, the numbers start getting more important when we're talking about health and safety programs um, right. and what's required and what's not required, then the number of employees that you have uh, is re more relevant. Right. Can you tell us, do you know the steps to hiring someone if they're going through the process? How would you help a company do that? Yeah, especially with the small ones. That's a good question because smaller organizations, what they'll try and do is they'll hire, try and put two or three roles into one person. So that's the most important step I think any employer um, or business needs to do is focus, really understand what you're hiring and what you're looking for and not try and put three jobs into one person because um, you're just going to set yourself up and the, organize, and, and the individual up for failure. 
Right. To really understand what your job is and ensure that you have the proper job posting um, done and that you're, when you are advertising for that job, that you're not at risk of breaching any of the human rights code. So just recently, um, I was listening to a radio ad um, last week and a company was, had posted that they were hiring and they uh, made a statement and request around an age. Um, having an age requirement and that instantly is a breach of the human rights code. So how do they even think that that can go on? Like how do they yeah. think that'll get passed? Well, I think they, when I spoke to them, they had a, a legitimate reason. It was due to their industry specific insurance requirements. So I said, that's great, but I recommend that you, and then I fully understand that when you explain that, but it wasn't explained on the advertisement. I said, so because it's not explained due to insurance reasons of this and this, we are required to have this because uh, that's going to take up too much time on their ad, right? And we know where they've only got 30 seconds. Exactly. So I told them, I said, I, re I recommend that they um, uh, edit their radio ad and then just explain that part of the process during the telephone screens. So. Oh, okay. So your ads and your job postings are really important to protect you, making sure that you're attracting the right candidates and that you have it correct. And then really uh, spending time vetting the resumes or the submissions. Um, and the telephone conversations, telephone screening, telephone interviews, whatever term you use, um, is really a time saver for both the candidate and yourself. Right. So a lot of people skip that. I've seen business owners and hiring managers skip that process and go straight to the in-person interview. But, you know, within the first 15 minutes, if this is a candidate for you and the telephone screen is a good time saver to eliminate and make, uh, you know, candidates that don't have your must haves. Right. Right. And if someone's never hired before, how do they know what questions to ask? And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's, you want to really know your job and sit down and ask yourself and I'll ask, I'll ask leads when I'm working with them and they want us to partner with them. Like, what is your must haves? What do you want this person? What background do you want? What experience do you want? What education do you want? Ask yourself those questions. If you're not working with, you know, um, an HR consultant or a recruiter, sit down and start asking yourself those questions. And then you know what questions to ask right? right. versus winging it when you just walk, walk in the room. Just kind of what is it that you're wanting this person to bring to the table in the mm -hmm. sense of all those categories that I listed. And that helps generate some of your questions um, and ask open-ended questions. So if you know, hey, Teresa, have you done this before? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's not going to really tell me much. But so if I say, hey, Teresa, tell me a time when you did this or tell me a time how you want this, then I can get a little bit more information from you. You're going to share with me what you did and how you did something. And that's going to tell the hiring manager if you've uh, got the experience needed. Right. Very true. Um, you've got on some of your services, you said performance management programs. Do you want to give me an idea of what that means? Mm -hmm. Performance management, a lot of people, to me, it's the whole beginning from the day that we send you out an offer letter um, and you've accepted it. So now we're going to work with you on uh, uh, bringing onboarding process for new hires. And uh, I always highly recommend that organizations put in a 90-day minimum onboarding process, which is ensuring that you're getting the proper tools, the training, the mentoring, um, that you need as a new hire to be successful. 
Mm -hmm. um, and in that is also measuring the performance. So if at the end of the week, I break it down um, with my program. We call it uh, hiring to success within 90 days. Uh, and we break it down to what the performance expectations are a week by week by week basis. Um, and then a month. And then you do your 45 day check in. And then if you're 45 days, you will know as a hiring leader if you've made the right hire or not. Um, and then also will the candidate, the new hire, they'll be um, not just left there sitting at their desk or, you know, behind a retail desk or wherever they are trying to figure out how this works. Right. Um, so that's just the beginning step of a performance management program. Mm -hmm. um, performance management is not just when someone's doing well and they need improvement. Performance is actually the whole life cycle of an employee and how freak and frequent check-ins um, to let them know when they're doing great, because as, as in, uh, individuals, we love to hear that. Um, and then let them know when they're like, hey, you're doing this really well, but this area, we need a little bit more improvement, and how can we help you? And that's part of your whole performance management program. Um, the more uh, frequency, the higher the frequency to me, is, uh, helps you become a very successful uh, with your leadership um, and it helps the employees become successful right. versus you know, once a year performance check-ins are just not adequate today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and you know, the employees move too fast, right? And if you've got a strong performer and someone who really wants to progress well in your organization, they're going to want feedback frequently. Right. So they can so do that. So that's part of the whole performance management. Right. So one of the things I've read about is that actually performance reviews are not something that's really being done by a lot of companies anymore. Are they starting to, to do something different? What, what's your take on that? I just, I, uh, they're doing them. They're just trying them different and in different formats and they're doing them in the cloud, you know, using products and software in the cloud. Uh, but in some sense, there has to be some form of it. As creative as you want to get, you can. Um, but individual, when it comes down to it, let's talk about the law. <laughs> so we'll just go straight there. Besides talking about what's the nice to have and people want to progress some succession plans and develop their careers and move forward, all that has to be within performance management program uh, in some sense. Um, and then when it comes down to law, when you want to uh, have someone depart your organization because they haven't, um, they're not meeting the expectations, their behavior, their attendance issues, etc. If you have not done a strong performance management, you put yourself into a difficult spot to be able to terminate for, for what they say for cause. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, because you haven't advised them. And the law is very clear. The ministry will say, was the individual, the employee, aware of what the issues were, what the expectations were, and most importantly, what the consequences of not improving their performance would be, which is usually termination, further disciplinary action, and or termination. Um, and if that, that has to be in a, in a writing, in a written format, sorry. Yeah, uh, and that again is part of your performance management program. So performance management is the all of it. It's setting them up for success all the way through their career, helping them progress in their further, you know, in their career, their succession plans. But it's also dealing with the difficult conversations. Um, you know, I talked with a client last week, and I was helping them do, you know. Um, a written notice for an employee and I said they're like wow this is taking forever and I said yes because it's imperative to have the um, the data in the in the notice correct however if you don't do it now 
six months from now, you're going to be coming to me and saying, I'm so frustrated. All right. I want to get rid of this employee and I'm going to come back and go, did you give them the proper notice? Did you let them know that they weren't doing too great? So <laughs> and it's a, it's a fear that um, we have as people is having that conversation where really most employees want to know. They want to know when they're doing great and they want to know if there's an area they're not, they're not doing great in. Right. So yeah feedback is not easy to do right <laughs> it's not but when and especially i always encourage follow-up in a written format because once we start a conversation and you tell somebody the within the first sentence they're off in their mind and they're thinking about what what did she, what did Kret just say now why did she say this like no that's not true and they're having a conversation to themselves and they're not in they're not uh, retaining everything that you've said to them so yeah, yeah. it's important to follow up in a written format so they're very clear and any of this should be in writing ever. <laughs> it always, but you know, in most of, in all the years that I have worked with, um, you know, when I worked full time in the corporate world or I've worked with clients, 90% of the time when I have put somebody and partnered with a leadership to put an employee on a performance program, um, they be, they're successful. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's because it's really, truly most employees want to be successful. They want to do good for you. Um, and sometimes they just don't know what they don't know. Right. And so, and uh, when, you know, when I joined a client a few years back and they had a 75% turnover rate and I said, are you doing performance feedback? And they're like, no. So we implemented a program where they were connecting with 400 staff every three months. And their turnover rate went down from 75% down to 4% wow. in one That's year. A huge amount of savings for that company, right? Yes. From what I know, you work with very small businesses as well. So even the one person owner who decides this is it, I'm getting ready to, to hire someone, they can bring you in right at that time. You can help them write the job description, interview, um, and then hire the candidate for them, right? If they wanted yep. to. Yes, I've worked with, I have, we have many clients on our roster that um, come to us before they even hire their first employee mm -hmm. um, and do everything that you said, make sure that they have the, the proper job description and posting created um, and walk them through the interview process. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone takes us at different stages. Some of us were right at the beginning, what we call the hiring phase one. Then we have th hiring phase three is where we're with you in person if you're not comfortable interviewing. Yeah. Um, and then most important uh, is ensuring that you have the proper employment agreement together, put together. Right. So employers today, business owners today are feeling very power powerless, um, especially with all the changes in the ESA that's happened, the Employment Standards Act back and forth in the last couple of years. Whenever I do any of my sessions, info sessions, a lot of the <laughs> responses like, I don't even want to do business in Ontario anymore. Um, and I can get it because the employers are feeling frustration. But having your foundation in place and having proper employment agreements and contracts in place is part of your foundation. So we'll make sure that you have the proper agreement in place to go out and, sure, and ensure that it's a valid agreement as well. So, yes. Yeah. I totally agree with you. So how long have you been in business now for yourself? Uh, new initiatives has been around for 12 years this month. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It it's something to get that far ahead, right? 
It, uh, it has. Um, we, you know, when I first, new initiatives first started, uh, what it, it was more so me as just an individual consultant that would went, went in and did large um, projects, mm -hmm. um, implemented technology systems, for example, and be the PM or uh, for a few companies in here in Canada and the States as a project manager for a merger and an acquisition. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the restaurant Chipotle in Toronto, I was the HR consultant that worked with them to open up their first international store here in Toronto. Congratulations, that's awesome. So thank you, that, that, they're an awesome company and a great project. But it was about five years ago that I really redesigned how new initiatives would be and, and to be at what it is today, which is your virtual HR team to support the organizations who don't think that they need HR. Yeah. Um, and or are not large enough to have full-time HR. Right. So therefore they feel like they have no support mechanisms or so anybody there to partner with them. And that's my more my, where my passion became down. It was that I wanna be there to help those small business owners make the decisions um, so they don't make a decision that can end up costing them financially. Very, yeah. very true. So, mm -hmm. you know, back when you started, what inspired you to start your own business? Uh, I had been in the corporate world for a while. I was at the, a director level in my last job. Um, and I had done two organizations, about three or four major mergers and acquisitions. Uh, and at that point, uh, I um, decided not to take on the position that was offered to me by the company who had just purchased 67% yeah. of my company. And of course my position was being eliminated and going over to the new company. Uh, I decided I didn't want to continue into that world and, and thought that, you know what, if I'm gonna work this hard, I'm gonna work this hard for myself. Right, and yeah. was it easy in the beginning for you? <laughs> Everyone said, well, what's your plan? And I'm like, oh, work for myself. What's your business plan? Work for myself. What's your budget? Whatever's in my bank account. <laughs> um, it was, it was yes and no, because I had been in the Toronto for all those years in the corporate world. And I had a very strong network and in a very and strong relationships so once i had reached out to my network network and said hey i'm on my own this is my company name it became very uh it was easy to obtain clients and contracts um, from there and it actually it was october and i think my very first project was uh in december and it was a acquisition <laughs> so very cool which i thought was quite funny right that? Do you still do some of that today? Like acquisitions? Yeah, we still, I'm actually just finishing off for an acquisition for a client in Mississauga. Right. Um, and it's actually quite a smaller one too. So this is only, it's a five person company going to a 12 person company. Okay. So, yeah, so it's not even, we're not talking about hundreds here. Um, no. But yeah, we still do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. How, what, like, what's you, I heard you say that you have a very big network, which I think is one of the most valuable things you can have for your business. What other ways do you market yourself? Um, currently I'm on the radio. So yeah. we, uh, yeah, we're on CKDO, uh, Durham Radio, CKDO and 94.9 Rock. Yeah. So we have commercials on there. Um, of course, the typical uh, social media. Yeah. Um, I find social media really good for actually looking for candidates. So when okay. we're hiring for, for, for clients, the, that I find the social media is a better for that. 
um, as better results. We also, I do a lot of, I try to attend um, workshops or conferences. So um, as a speaker, I find it's always a great way to make new connections and relationships. And um, there's the standard marketing print that we do, print material. Yeah. Um, but then what it really comes down to is just the in-person networking as well. Getting out there, being active um, in there and keep, keeping up the relationship. Now, the most ones. of your customers, are they, would you say, GTA rather than just Durham Region, right? Yeah, there is GTA. Uh, we've grown immensely um, in the last eight months, eight to nine months here in Durham Region. Um, and I believe the, a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from clients that's joined with us is because we're local. Um, and in Durham region, we, we all love to support our local uh, businesses and our communities. And that's the, the major feedback that we've gotten is that, oh, you're local, you're here, you're not Toronto, you're not, um, you know, somewhere else yeah. in a 1-800 number. So, and if you uh, look back to the last eight months or before then, what changed in your business or your marketing cycle that you were able to now start getting these local businesses? I think actually just that, promoting it, because um, some of the marketing materials that we have now will say your local or Durham region's firm. So basically, it's just letting people know. Like, I thought everybody knew I was here in Whitby, um, you know, in Durham region, but apparently not. So I think it just came down to that, just making everybody sure. Um, also, now I have a couple of staff members, and they go out to networking events as well. So that's helped. You know, I can't be at three places at once. So that's yeah. helping with them also saying, yeah, we're here, we're local. We support all the Durham region um, organizations. That's amazing, amazing. One of the other questions I had for you is when you, when you first started, I mean, how did you know? How did you know in your gut that that business was gonna work or that you, that you actually knew that your service was gonna be needed? What, what gave you that idea? Um, what gave me the idea is for new initiatives to be like it is now is just hearing so many stories at dinner parties, out with friends, um, okay. other networking events or associations and just hearing business owners, employees, my family members, my friends experience um, different events like so you know yeah, some market very, research yeah and then you know someone very close to me at one point in time was pregnant and she announced that she was pregnant and the employer terminated her instantly and then so it was those kinds of things that were happening that I was hearing where I'm just like you know business owners really need a strong partner so that's where I kind of came up with that this service is needed for sure yeah um, the challenge is having the business owners realize that you don't need to be 50 or plus or 20 or plus that you, you, you do. So that's been the biggest challenge is, is educating the business owner. Um, bring us in right from the beginning when you're building. You mm -hmm. get legal support, you get financial, your accounting and bookkeeping support and marketing, and HR should be part of those four walls as well. As Absolutely. Yeah. On HR, you stand to lose a lot more than just your shirt, for sure. 
Yeah, and it can be very expensive. So, and not only that, it's the community reputation as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you want, if you have multiple uh, staff, you want um, your staff to respect you as a leader and that you're able to make those decisions. And no business owner, no CEO, uh, no CFO knows it all. Right. So have a strong team around you. Some of the best CEOs that I've ever worked with in my life have always had um, strong, a strong team around them. So I work with Bruce Croxon uh, from at Lava Life for eight years. Um, you know, the gentleman, he was on Dragon's Den. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was stolen away from him uh, and he built a strong team around him. He's a phenomenal CEO because he built a team around him and he never assumed to know anything else. Like that, or to know it all. And I think that if you, as a business owner, the CEO, founder of your organization, uh, reach out and partner with individuals who are the experts in their field, any field, not even just HR, in any field, and build your team. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Um, Mm -hmm. What about your advertising that you said you're doing on the radio? Has it been working for you? I'm getting a lot of inquiries. Um, I was. retained with a client of so it was midsummer and I was coming in to do a couple of workshops for them and there was another business partner who said no 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 you have to hire this person you have to hire this company this new initiatives company I hear them on the radio all the time Uh, and then the partner that I had worked with he just knew me as my name not necessarily the company because he's known me um and so he was like no i got somebody i got somebody it's like no no i hear it on the radio all the time so you have to you have to hire her and then it came in he goes hey you're the girl on the radio (laughs) so so yeah it's working um and it's definitely um it's generating a lot of conversations and awareness so when i go out now to other events and then they see me in person and they hear my name again they're just like yeah that's right i heard the i heard the advertisement on the radio that's good to know that it still works, right? Yeah, and I also had a client that prompted, oh, yes, I've been meaning to call you, and then I heard you on the radio when I was driving home last week, So, and it prompted them to pick up the phone and call me. So, yeah, it is working. So then that leads me back to the thing where you said it's really important that your marketing material says local because obviously the people on the radio are hearing you locally. Yes. Very yeah. good idea. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Question for you, what do you see as the coming trends in your area in HR? Like, you know, what's happening, government trends, trends just in hiring and all that sort of stuff. Love to just get your perspective on it. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's up and down. It's whatever the flavor of the month or the year is. I think the organizations are still trying to adjust to the changes um, of the Employment Standards Act. Everything seems to be settling in now. Um, obviously cannabis in the workplace was a big topic a year ago. Um, everyone's kind of settled on that and have uh, been able to adjust their substance, uh, use policies. Um, hopefully the no more elections result in, in further changes in, in the employment laws of so the organizations can start, um, planning now for the, you know, slight changes that are going to come in 2020, which is again, increases in the minimum wage. Is that happening for sure? Um, yeah, in they'll, they're going to start announcing, they'll announce at April 1st, 2020, uh, what the next new minimum wage is going to be. And they'll be doing that on an annual basis going forward. Wow. 
Um, I think that the biggest changes is uh, it is not necessarily an employer's world right now for hiring. So employees and or the candidates do have options. Um, and you have to start to be a little bit more creative and as to why a candidate or somebody wants to work for you. It's not just, hey, every you know, the person's are Individuals are not desperate for jobs right now, so employment rate is good, um, yes. and, employers are, and employers are being competitive around it, which then makes it a little bit more challenging to try and make the hires at this point in time. Um, and I think that's just identifying your culture um, and what kind of culture you want to be. That's you know been a topic, and it's always will a topic, but it's an ever-changing world out there. Um, and attracting and a lot of people use the word millennials which you know I'm not a fan of saying the millennials but I am a fan of the fact that we do have three different generations in the workforce so being aware of that and aware of what your culture is and is supporting um, those three different generations so to me that's I think is the challenge that ever organizations have today yes there's always latest and greatest technology and that's always changing too and how can you be more proficient in your workflows and your processes and staying up to date with that um, again smaller businesses you know be aware there is technology out there that's affordable for you and you don't have to go with those 100,000 you know per year contracts um, with the massive enterprises there are smaller uh, database systems out there that can help you flow and save on your min charges your min fees and things like that do you know what they are some of those small systems there's a couple um, I one of my one one of the systems I'm a fan of is uh, Bamboo HR. Mm -hmm. um, they are a great HR database. Um, a year, maybe about a year and a half ago now, they implemented US payroll. Um, and um, I'm waiting for them to bring in Canadian payroll. That'll so, be cool, yeah. Yeah, and it's a great uh, user-friendly database. It's a mobile app on the phone, which we're all on our phones in today's world. So any kind of technology that you have, you want to be able to access it on your phone. Absolutely true. And um, what about, do you help any businesses with their payroll or getting set up on some of these systems that are out there? Yes, we, yeah, we implemented, a, we implement a lot from the smaller basic ones like that to the large, you know, client last year I worked on and it was probably about a six to eight month project um, implementing a, quite a massive database system, but they needed something as well that was Canadian, US, and into the UK, and had the capability of being even more global as they continue to grow their business. Very um, cool. So, yeah, so we work on the very small to the very large and help selecting, so. Very and we got, I got some good partners uh, with me t um, in my realm that help us uh, select the best system for the organization. That's great. for you when you work with all these businesses and entrepreneurs have you seen a pattern or a formula that makes them successful in your opinion uh, I think again making um, what we just talked about a few minutes ago is having a strong team around them and realizing that and having the confidence that you know to reach out and ask questions and get the partners that you need when you need to um, what I think the biggest mistake that I see is when they will not reach out and they think that oh somebody's going to think I'm weak or I'm not good or I'm not good enough 
um, if I have to reach out to another expert or to another partner um, for assistance. So mm -hmm. uh, I, the best business owners that I've seen are ones that recognize that it takes more than one. Right? And that they can't know everything, right? They can't know everything. And involve your employees too. Um, you know, have get them involved. Ask them what they think. Uh, you, you know, they're they're invested in your organization. They want the organization to be successful. Um, they want you know they want to see it to grow or just even maintain where it is. Um, and they they're working there for a reason because they love it. So involve yeah. them. Involve them in it. Um, I they'll love be to do yeah, and happy employee is a really good employee to have. <laughs> yes, I like, I actually always ask my team when it comes to any of these types of things, just because their input, they also see different people to who I see and they work with different people and they get different answers. And I think it's very powerful to ask. And, and you know, I don't by any means know everything and I, and I can't, yeah. not in today's world. It's so complicated. There's just so many layers to everything. Yeah, and different perspectives and mindsets, right? So, um, and when and when you are hiring, don't hire the same as yourself, right? Hire somebody who has a different um, mindset, different experiences, so they can bring bring that to the table. Do you know the colors when they do the color personalities, right? Yeah, not, yeah, not one hundred percent versed on colors, but it is a branch off um, the MBTI, which I am certified in and yeah. doing. Yeah, workshops. So, and it's just a little bit more in depth than the colors. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we all do that. I've done um, MBTI workshops for boards, right? So for charity associations, cool. because they're like, we're not effective, we're not running. And I'll go in and I'll do the the workshop with them. You know, a two-hour workshop, and it will be clear because they hired or they have everyone who's volunteering on the board are all the same type. And they all have the same preferences. So therefore, certain things are not getting done because they all have the same preferences. Very interesting. Volunteering work, they're not mandated and they're not, they're not forced to do what they have to do sometimes. No, no. Yeah. What I found was interesting about when we did the colors for our team is this. Yes, I had exactly hired people that were not like me. They all are like attention to detail and very organized and you know I'm not saying I'm unorganized but I'm not I'm more visionary big picture than I am you know all the nuts and bolts of every single process so yeah exactly that's that's really good that's awesome I have them on my team and one last question I have for you what would you say that the the things that an entrepreneur should invest in you know to make them better at what they do oh what should they invest in yeah. um what skills should they invest their time in yeah I think um, uh, I know organization I, one of the being organized and good use of your time right yeah. so I think is knowing where is the best for me to utilize my time right now um, and when I was looking myself to bring somebody on uh, to work with me it was I had to look at what's the best use of my time to take my business to the next level. Um, and so I can't work in the business. That's the decision I had to make was I couldn't be working in the business anymore. I had to work for the business. So therefore bringing somebody on to do the work for the clients, uh, the direct work um, was something that I had to look at. So I think that's, you know, as a, individual as companies get to a growth mode go to a growth mode those are the kind of things that they have to look at right now what is the best use of your time 
um, to get that business to the next stage. Very true, because we time is finite. There's nothing we can do to really fix that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to, you know, there's different opinions around this that you have to work 15 or 18 hours a day to have a successful business. Um, I'm not sure if I'm bought into that theory. I just think that you have to work smart, um, yeah. right? And uh, where are you investing your time? Uh, I do like the theory, one coffee a week, um, but not 10 coffees a week. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Very, very true for sure. So thank you very much, Corette. I really appreciate having a chance to chat with you, letting people just get a flavor for who you are and all the great knowledge that you have to share with everybody. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It was nice. My pleasure. Thank you for being a guest today on our podcast. This is Teresa Shaver signing off from the Business Advisory Center Durham, and we hope that you will join us next week. Take care, guys.